0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Last week we prayed for the peace and comfort of the family and friends of Faith Beiching. Faith was a member of St. John, and she died at the age of 90. Now, hearing that she was 90 might make her death seem a little bit less startling. With age comes the sense that death is somehow more natural. But it's not. Faith wasn't meant to die. Death is entirely unnatural. We die because we're sinners. But our instincts in the face of death, our reflex, is to soften the edges, to place a buffer between us and the grave, to make it a bit less frightful. I was struck last week at Faith's graveside by the futility of that effort. You can manage to put off seeing the cruelty of death for a while. You can put it off until you're standing at the edge of a grave. You can't do anything to mitigate the horror of seeing that cold, dark hole in the ground. And in fact, against that reality, our efforts to make death less frightful seem downright silly. Silly like the dirty, artificial turf that runs up to the edge of the grave so that perhaps you won't see where the grass was worn thin by the fellows who dug that hole. Or the hose, hidden briefly under the turf only to spill out unapologetically toward the storm sewer. The hose that's connected to a pump which sits in the bottom of the grave to keep things dry for the moment. A pump that's powered by the running engine of a jeep which is only as far away as the jumper cables will allow. The jeep next to which stand the two fellows who dug the hole knees caked in mud, waiting conspicuously to finish their job. I know it's impolite to say this, but graves are ugly. And next to that ugliness, even a beautiful casket and an ornate flower arrangement are rendered rather powerless. Kurt Vonnegut once asked why there's so much enthusiasm for a public display of the Ten Commandments, but there's no such enthusiasm for the Beatitudes. What if blessed are the merciful were on display in a courtroom, he asked. Or if blessed are the peacemakers were hung on the wall of the Pentagon. His question is rhetorical, but there's really a very simple answer. The Ten Commandments make for good, sensible rules. God comes first, then your neighbor. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Love your spouse, your kids, and your parents. And be happy with what you've got. It's common sense. The Ten Commandments are beautiful in their simplicity. The Beatitudes, however, are not similarly beautiful. And if you think they are, perhaps you haven't taken them to heart. Again, I know it's impolite to say, but frankly, they're ugly. The Beatitudes describe a way of living which is much more like dying. They describe a world in which you are a loser. They describe a blessedness which looks an awful lot like a cold, dark hole in the ground. Think for just a moment about what they mean. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poverty is to be in need, to be empty-handed. Blessed are those who mourn. To mourn is to endure loss. Blessed are the meek, the lowly, those who are regarded as nothing by the world. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst aren't simply discomforts. They're the sign of impending starvation. Blessed are the merciful. Mercy is costly. To show mercy is to suffer injustice. Blessed are the pure in heart. Pure heartedness lets others serve their own interests at your expense blessed are the peacemakers worldly peace is cheap and mostly talk but the peace of god you know this the peace of god consists in crucified body and shed blood blessed are those who are persecuted when you are persecuted because you did what was right you have no defense you are utterly helpless It's no wonder that the Beatitudes are spared the spotlight. Nobody, nobody would choose that life. It's no wonder that we put off looking at that cold, dark hole in the ground for as long as we can. It'll be Lent in just about a month, and some of the kids at Pastor Chats have been learning an old Lutheran hymn in preparation, O Sacred Head Now Wounded. It's an amazingly stunning thing to hear the kids sing about the grief and the shame and the gore of a crucified Jesus to sing about a dying man our god a man who chose that very ugliness described by the beatitudes but even more stunning is to hear the answer when i ask the kids if there's any blessing in all of that. It turns out the kids know. They know why the cross is beautiful. They know that it's not beautiful according to their eyes, according to what they see. It's beautiful according to a promise, the forgiveness of sins. It's beautiful according to the peace that is made by Christ's blood. Paul said it this morning, The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God over sin and death. It's the power of God which promises an impossible blessing, not to the living, but to the dying. A blessing for the losers, for sinners, for you a blessing that is nothing less than the very kingdom of heaven. You would never choose this life for yourselves, the life of the Beatitudes, the life of the cross. But like the apostles last week who left everything to follow Jesus, here you are. Either you're out of your minds, or you've heard and believed the promise. The promise that contrary to all appearances, even though you will die, yet you shall live, just like Jesus. At the graveside, the pastor delivers God's impossible blessing, even for that dead body lying there. The blessing goes like this. May God the Father who created this body May God the Son, who by His blood redeemed this body, may God the Holy Spirit, who by holy baptism sanctified this body to be His temple, keep these remains to the day of the resurrection of all flesh. Forget about the artificial turf. Forget about a beautiful coffin and beautiful flower arrangements. Forget about any pretense that the body of this sinner isn't actually going into that cold, dark hole in the ground. Instead, hold fast to the word of the cross. The word that makes even death beautiful. Even the grave beautiful. Not according to our eyes, not according to what we can see, but according to this promise. The forgiveness of sin. Sealed with Christ's flesh and blood. A promise that says to faith, Blessed is she, for hers is the kingdom of heaven. A promise that says of you, Blessed are you, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Come now and eat and drink in the kingdom of heaven. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.